I want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor, Built Bar. This is a uh, this is a company that I actually called and asked them to be a sponsor uh, out of the blue. I didn't even know if they were advertising with anyone. Uh, Stu's wife turned my wife on to Built Bar, and my wife turned me on to Built Bar. I mean, it took me, you know, about a year before I was going to listen to her. You had some very, you needed to do a full investigation. Exactly right. Right. And I needed her out of the house for a while right with nothing else to eat in the house <laughs> and that's when i did my investigation yes and uh, i love them built bar uh right now you can get built bar 15 percent off for your first order by using the promo code beck 15 these are candy bars except they're good uh they they are low calorie low carb high in protein high in fiber good candy bars that are good for you what Real chocolate, built.com, built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Just try them. Your first order, you'll save 15%. Built.com. All right. Big, big show for you today. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, Dave Rubin, and so many other things that we are covering. It is a spooky show today. It's almost Halloween. I don't know why that makes a difference at all, but... What God do you worship? Well, I just I just want to admit my privilege. That's what I want to shut up. We begin there in just a couple of minutes. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. So you thought. You really thought that maybe this year, maybe... He'd finally stop doing the spooky commercials with all the spooky music. You hoped maybe this Halloween he'd grown up a bit, gotten a little bit more mature. You thought. (laughs) You were wrong. And now you have to live with it. Oh, the pain. The unbearable, never-ending pain of it all. It's almost... Almost as bad as the aches and pain that Relief Factor works to help your body defeat. So if your pain in the butt isn't some guy on the radio doing stupid Halloween-themed commercials, but it is, in fact, a literal pain in your butt, try Relief Factor. I got my life back. Or did I? (laughs) Wow, this is bad. Relief Factor isn't a drug, but it was developed by doctors. 70% of the people who try go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com, (gasps) 800-500-8384. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The Climate Change Summit is going on. Joe Biden. <laughs> the call is coming from the White House. <laughs> Facebook changed its name. 
I suggested that it just change it to F-Book. They wanted to reflect that now they're going to be part of the mega universe. The, or the meta universe. One of those universes. I just think that if they would have just called it Facebook universe, then we could have all called it F-U and it would have been good. But no, it's not happening. <laughs> Have you been asked to confess lately? Confess your privilege, Stu. Do it. Confess your privilege. Recognize it. Um, I'm guilty of yeah. climate yeah. crimes. Um, I... Why won't you recognize your privilege? That's all they're asking you to do. Recognize your privilege, Stu. I recognize my privilege that I've worked a long time and very hard and acknowledge in, your privilege in, in exchange. Such a white I receive man. such a white man currency. So I've been listening to this. Uh, I've been listening to this uh, CD by Fi- Phineas. Have you heard it yet? The Phine- I have not listened to it other than. Okay. You, so heard you played a little uh, bit. Phineas is Billie Eilish's uh, brother. And he's a genius. He's a real genius. He produces a lot of people's music. And this is his debut album. Kind of. It's weird because he's been on everybody's album. Um, But uh, in it, I played a song for you, Stu. And uh, I'm like, I don't know what side he's on here. Is is he saying all of this is bullcrap and he's tired of it? Because that's what it sounded like. Now, I'm an old, Mm -hmm. so I figured I needed to ask a youth or a young. (laughs) A ute. A ute. Mm -hmm. And uh, look, I'm down with it, kids. So anyway, uh, so I asked my daughter. I said, uh, what do you think he's singing about in this? And she said, oh, I just think he's acknowledging his privilege. (laughs) And uh, that's when I wrote... What the F does that even mean? Okay. What does that even mean? And uh, she said uh, that you recognize the things about you and your life that have made things easier for you. And all of a sudden it became very, very clear. Very clear to me. That you texted the wrong person that's not actually in your family? <laughs> yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, that... <laughs> I know what this is now. I know what this is. You know, we've been saying for a long time it's a religion. Mm. But don't acknowledge your privilege. Don't. Don't acknowledge your privilege. Assuming that you already do in a completely different way. For instance, this is what I wrote back to my daughter. So acknowledge my privilege. That's like everything that I have, everything that I've done, really all are because of god because he created me i'm using his power sometimes misusing it and for that i should repent my body my intellect which i had nothing to do with creating the earth all of its resources and the redemption that i get every time i make a mistake if i humbly repent something that i neither deserve nor can i earn 
And if I do those things and remain humble and grateful for those things, then I know I should serve my fellow man because that's the best way to serve God. The one who gave me all these things that I don't deserve. I already acknowledge my privilege, but I acknowledge my privilege to my God. Because he's the author of everything in my life, not you, not a mob, not anybody else. He is the one in my life that makes everything possible. So I have a religious exemption here. I'm not going to acknowledge my privilege because I acknowledge it every day on my knees to my God. And the while you might feel good because you have a little label you can put on people through my actions, not my words, through my actions, you can judge me. And my actions are very clear on who I serve and how I feel about my fellow man. And my actions show I don't give a flying crap who you sleep with, what your color is. My actions show that I actually believe in my religion that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And because I believe that, and because I truly believe in God, and I recognize that my privilege comes from him, not from you, I reject your religion and I'll stick with my religion. And I have a religious exemption from ever, ever having to recognize and acknowledge my privilege. Because I already do. And I don't answer to you. It's a very long text. Um, I would say that I that might have well, been it ended with an email. It ended with, uh, I answer to God. Not an angry mob that will punish me unless I do what they say. What is she? How does the, what is the dynamic here? How does she respond to something like that? Because not really, a great discussion for text, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Well, it's, a great, it's a great way of looking at it. Honestly, I'd never thought of that perspective. Yeah, before. I know. I hadn't either until. Until she said, acknowledge your, he's acknowledging his privilege. And then I had the typical olds uh, response of, what the F does that even mean? Yeah. It's nothing. It means nothing. I guess you should be praying to thank God for making you white is apparently how you're supposed to utilize those two things together. Right. And it's, it, it, that is such bullcrap. And this is a religion. They are asking yeah. you to bow down to their altar. And and admit that you are a sub, you are subservient to them or their God or their principles of God. Their principles are antichrist principles. I'm not saying they are the antichrist. I'm saying that's the opposite of what Christ teaches. Christ didn't say you will bow down before me. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He invited you. He invited you. And you know what? He loved the people who were sinners. He loved them. 
He loved the people. He asked for forgiveness for the people who nailed him to a cross. If there's anyone that could be kind of smoked at a group of people, it would be Jesus at the guys who had the nails in their hands. Don't you think? Don't you think he might want to have said, Oh, before you nail me to this cross, acknowledge your privilege here as a Roman. He didn't. He forgave them because he knew they didn't know what they were doing. And I acknowledge, not my privilege today, I acknowledge that those who are forcing this down everybody's throats are no different than those who stood and cheered when he was nailed to the cross. They are no different they don't know who they serve. They don't know what they're doing. And I will pray for them. Not a great conversation for text, Dad, I will say. But it's an interesting, it's an interesting point because how does this ever end? Right? Like, like my, I, had, I had a stable, exactly. Yeah. I had, a, a, you know, a stable set of parents who loved me mm-hmm. and they were, they were great. And, you know, they, they my, like my mom in particular, very religious, conservative. And like she could have been the type of person who grew, raised me to think that I was the victim every single time that sure. something happened. And I, I and I had to wait for the government to do everything for me. I mean, is that my privilege in a way? Right. Yeah, sure. I mean, I had a good mom. Right. Does that mean that like. I'm privileged because of that. Are you I mean, the, some, are you the one are you the one who selected your mom? No. Okay. How did you get here? How did you get to America? You privileged SOB. Yeah. Did you crawl over a bunch of other embryos and go, "I want the opening no. in America." Right. <laughs> no. Would, this is this goes back to sports. Like you win the games that are on your schedule. Right. You can't design all of that. We can understand that uh, that we have it pretty great. It's a great country we live in. Like yeah. every single one of these people complaining about privilege is privileged to be here in the United States, where it's it's much better than anywhere else they could be. Right, and and it it has its flaws and it has its problems. And if we if we are more Christ like, and we actually believe the things that we say, see, here's the problem with this religion: they don't believe it. Because it doesn't require you to do anything other than nail people to a cross. Mm. You don't have to go serve. You don't have to actually take your treasure. You have to go steal treasure from somebody else and then take that treasure and give it to somebody else. That's not Christ. That has nothing to do with our Judeo-Christian values. When did Christ say, hey, by the way, for you stay with me. You wait, go get him, get his stuff. Let's give it to the poor. He never said that. Everything that says you should do that is an antichrist teaching, period. Why is it? I, I was uh, I was on uh, last night, uh, uh, Skype. Uh, I gave a Skype speech um, in Canada, in Ontario last night. And they had this big rally for these pastors that are being arrested. And I took questions from, you know, the audience and from the moderators. And they said, why are they going after the pastors here in Canada? Why are they putting them in prison? And it's very, very clear. Two reasons. 
One, when a, when a mob can't win over hearts and they are so far out of step with the people, they have to force people into it. And so you first have to get rid of all of the people that can make counterpoints and sway people and say, that's crazy. That is crazy. What they're telling you is crazy, and you know it's crazy. You have to silence those people. But the most important people are the people who can speak about God. Because once man, this is this is the this was the key to the printing press. This was the key to the downfall of tyrants. Once people had the Bible in their own hands and they realized they answer to no king other than God. I don't answer to your woke mob. I acknowledge my privilege on my knees in humility every day to my God. Not you. Not you. You're not my God, nor is this government, nor are your philosophies. It was the printing press. So they know that if you teach people the principles of God, the true principles, not dogma, not doctrine, but the true principles of what Jesus taught, the world changes because you are empowered. And what are they doing? They're disempowering everyone. You can't do it without government. You need a certificate. You need a permit. You need permission. You need their help. You need somebody in office standing up for you. I'm telling you right now, you don't need any of that. That's why they have to go after the religious first. That's why they shut down churches. That's why they're arresting pastors in Canada. The other reason that they're doing it is because this is evil. What we are seeing happening in our country and around the world is evil. It will enslave the entire global population if we don't stand up and recognize our privileges that came from God. If we don't acknowledge our privilege uh, to God, we will all be slaves to a new God. This is evil. Choose your side. Will you confess your privilege to man and kneel down in front of their altar? Or will you kneel down in front of the altar of the almighty God and acknowledge your privilege to him? I've made my choice. You really need to make your choice now. Oh my gosh, it's spooky again. Could it be that all of that was a lie? You were doing so well. So well, I mean, for years you kept track of the full moon, when it was going to be out, when it was going to be behind the clouds. You always managed to stay out of it. But that beast, that beast that lurks within you, that wants out, wants to become the bloodthirsty terror that stalks at night. You can never let that happen. Don't let him out. But then this month, this month, you forgot one tiny detail. Your blinds. <laughs> the blinds are so old and tattered, they 
looked like a kid ran over them with a lawnmower. And what's pouring through all of that open space? You try to answer, but only a howl comes out. Scary. It could happen to you. That's not. That's why you should go to blinds.com. They make uh, custom uh, ordering of window treatments online easy with free sh- you think this is too far <laughs> with free shipping and a hundred percent guaranteed perfect fit sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast upgrade your backyard with window treatments and blinds.com today enjoy your uh, new view uh and do it now go to blinds.com i just can't wait till you're doing these spooky commercials when bill o'reilly's on the phone <laughs> Oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> Blinds.com now. Uh, save up to 35% site-wide. Blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. <sighs> Hello, Stu. Hi, Glenn. Uh, so what's happening with McAuliffe? What's happening? Uh, the, I mean, uh, now it looks like Youngkin is eight points ahead. Now it's he, a Fox News poll, but they're pretty yeah, fair and reasonable. Fox News polling is uh, totally fine yeah. when it comes to polling. They're not like biased polls. They are uh, pretty right in the right in the middle of pollsters. Um, now, this poll is a bit of an outlier as to what we've seen so far leading into uh, this race and it's it feels too optimistic i mean it if he if Duncan wins by eight that is a shock wave to the democratic party i mean uh, the, well they wanted you to know did you see this mm. they want you to know that you shouldn't expect to get the results that night right they're they're saying it's going to be so close that you know at 10 o'clock they might all have to take a nap and just let's pick this up in the morning. <laughs> and then, you know, around two o'clock, some will say, gosh, darn it. I just can't sleep. And it's my <laughs> constitutional duty to go in there. Damn what everybody else says. I'm going to do it by myself. And in the morning, we'll find out that McAuliffe won. You never know what shenanigans mm-hmm. might pop up. I will mm-hmm. say, though, in normal circumstances, you would expect a race like this to not be decided maybe that night because mm. it's supposed to be close an eight point race is not that not race close. though if, if no. that is actually what we're going to look at well i you think will what find we're going to see night, what we're going to see is it's going to look like young quinn is winning uh by about 10 o'clock and then they're all going to get sleepy <laughs> so we just have no faith in our electoral system that's our messaging here well today. i guess mcculliffe doesn't because he's preparing to launch lawsuits mm. of course he's been doing this forever yeah American Finance and NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org It's the same music I always hear when Jeffy is speaking. Jerry left the office of the mortgage lender and entered a cold gray night. A chilling rain poured down, punctuated by far-off snaps of lightning. He felt drained somehow. Like he was lighter leaving than when he was arriving. That place where the mortgage consultants had bitten him on the neck still tingled a bit. He was still puzzling over why all of them had Romanian accents for some reason. 
He took a few steps towards his car and then paused, horrified in the rain. Turning slowly back, reaching into his back pocket, the look on his face was enough to tell any passerby that he had just learned the gut-wrenching truth. Ah, those mortgage people had bled him dry! I mean, not literally, that would have been crazy, but he realized as he pulled out his empty wallet while he felt lighter. If only I had gone to American Financing. American Financing. Don't let this horror show happen to you. AmericanFinancing.net, 1-800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. And BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. I want to tip the hat to Stu and just say it's got to be a good day for you, Stu. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Governor uh, What's-His-Face in uh, New York. Andrew Cuomo was awful.com. Yeah, uh, has been uh, actually charged with a sex crime now. Yeah, they think so. he actually may be arrested. So, <laughs> to be good. so good day for you. Good I, day if, for you. I should point out, by the way, that if, if he is, if there's going to be a perp walk, I am going to have to take a jet up to new york to watch it in uh, person can i tell you something uh you could live stream it i might pay for that jet <laughs> that would be an enjoyable yeah. one to watch uh all right it. so uh mr stew let's talk about other crappy governors here yes. for a second let's okay. talk about mcauliffe mcauliffe so let's go back to mcauliffe who the heck is this guy right go back he, as he rises <laughs> through the do Dem- we have the spooky music <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Rises through the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. There's a story written uh, in 2004 from the New York Times. It says, Mr. McAuliffe's star seems to, uh, uh, to shine so bright that it has fueled speculation that when his term ends officially next March, this is when he's the head of the DNC, he might run for office, possibly for governor of New York, <clears throat> where he originally comes from, or Florida. Or his father-in-law is a major Democratic or Virginia, any place no. that will take any place that will take <laughs> a carpetbagger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, at no point did they mention Virginia as a right. possibility. Really? Yeah. Uh, clearly relishing such talk, Mr. McAuliffe concedes that an interest in executive office, but he says he's leaving open his options, which he was. And yeah, yeah, he landed on yeah. Virginia. Right. Um, but the question is, why is Terry McAuliffe? a star that is rising in the Democratic Party at this time? Mm-hmm. Why is this going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, This is in the New York Times story and defines Terry McAuliffe for everyone in Virginia who might be considering voting for him. An advisor to Mr. Kerry said about Mr. McAuliffe's fundraising prowess and his willingness to be a lightning rod. Terry is a very valuable player. Terry will say anything. (laughs) End quote. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And he will. He will say anything. Like, for example, when the Democrats want to lie and say the 2000 election was stolen. Mm -hmm. Who's out there in front of that effort the entire time? Terry Terry McAuliffe. And you know this. If Catherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results, Al Gore would be president. George Bush would be back in Austin. We won that election. Virginia is actually is with us, not with them. 
And Al Gore and Joe Lieberman got 547,000 more votes than George Bush did for President of the United States. By the way, the New York Times has said false to all of this. Mm -hmm. They know it. We won that election. And let's never forget it. Yeah, I see. So, uh, as you point out, Glenn, every media recount. Uh, they went through uh, all of this stuff and mm-hmm, found that George mm-hmm. W. Bush did win the election. Correct. By the legal standard. Correct. Over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now, but, but you can maybe excuse this a little bit to give them some sort of break. It was a really very good. close election of yeah. just over sure. 500 votes. Right. Very, very close. Yes. And lots of people on the left believed this election was stolen. Mm-hmm. That was not the case in 2004. Oh, that was stolen, too. Well, Ohio. Yeah, it was stolen. Thank you. Now, that was not a widespread belief in the media. However, Terry oh, McAuliffe. No, Terry, I talked to Terry. He was, he, that was stolen. Yeah. Here's yeah. Terry McAuliffe talking about the 2004 election. Let's go back to Florida. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. No, they didn't. This is the this is the one he started about the 2000 in 2004. 2004, he's still he's still chiming that. So then 2004 happens, and there's this. If you remember the scandal, Glenn, it was about the uh, the Diebold uh, yeah, voting the, the, machines. the voting machines. Very similar to the stuff, the mm-hmm. the, the outlandish end mm-hmm. of of the 2020 stuff, where like you know all sorts of claims about voting machines changing votes and all these things. Um, you know, it's not a close election. It's not 539 votes. Now, in 2004, the people in his party who want to believe these conspiracy theories about how Bush lost that election mm-hmm. go to Terry McAuliffe and go after him. National. Go ahead. No, no, it's it's not. They don't believe in conspiracy. It's us that believe in conspiracy theories. Right. George Bush <laughs> did coordinate September 11th. Ah. He did steal the election in 2000. Yeah. And he did steal it in 2004. I mean, Forty-seven percent, I believe it was, of Democrats believed that nine yeah. eleven was an inside and job. By the way, you know who you know who was the author of that? Who was the who's the real author of that, Stu? That they hate him now because he's a conspiracy oh, theorist. Well, Alex Jones. Alex Jones the was the is the father of all of that, and they loved him. They for loved it. him in two thousand four. Loved him in two thousand two, three and four. Um, okay, so what is the approach of McAuliffe, a guy who's leading the DNC? When a, a few, you know, a, a wing of his party comes out and says, oh, that election in 2004 was stolen, too. John Kerry really won. Uh, this is from National Review. But in 2004, did he tell the crazies in his party to move on? No. He commissioned a comprehensive investigative study on election practices in Ohio to, quote, address the legitimate questions and concerns that have been raised in Ohio, including, quote, anomalies in the reported results compared to exit polls, historical data and reported anomalies within counties and precincts and whether the touchscreen machines and tabulating systems function properly. We owe it to the voters, McAuliffe said in December 2004, to understand what happened and conduct a thorough investigation into various election administration issues that arose in the state of Ohio in the 2004 election. To that end, he pledged to hire a political scientist expert in quantitative analysis and expert or, or experts in the design of computer hardware and software systems and expert in voting systems and machines, an investigator with forensic expertise and a pollster to survey voters who cast provisional ballots ballots, uh, and to conduct other original survey research as needed. All of this to investigate 
a state where George W. Bush carried by more than 118,000 votes. It is it is incredible. The reason why we don't believe in our system this time is because they have been undermining that faith the entire time, the entire time. Every election a Republican has won in my adult life, they have said was stolen. I, I mean, that's an, a remarkable statement, but it's true. And by the way, a lot of these are not even close. As we mentioned, 2004 was 118,000 votes in Ohio that would have changed the election. However, they also said 2016 was stolen, and that election was only 78,000 votes over three states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And by far the closest of these races was the 2020 race, where only 43,000 votes needed to switch in Georgia, Wisconsin, and it's illegal and to even say that. Right. It's madness to say what he's been saying for 20 years. He built in a career off of saying every election they lost was stolen. That has been his pattern the entire time. And now he's trying to act as if uh, Youngkin is the conspiracy theorist, which is just I mean, just slanderous. Slanderous. I mean, what, what is wrong with people today? Really, honestly, you got to wake up. I mean, and, and those who won't wake up, uh, you know, and, and will fight you on it. Just you don't have to don't try to win. Just try to understand them. And then try to give them information from credible sources like this. All of these things are his words Mm -hmm. and just say, okay, so do you believe all of this? Because the facts show none of that is true. None of that is true. New York Times reporting. You don't need to go to National Review. Go to the New York Times. None of this was true. Why are you believing it now? It's a good point. Now, McAuliffe went to the lengths of not only saying he was going to come up with a report, but actually commissioning it. And the report went through. Uh, it, it was actually released just after he left. But here's some of the stuff that was in it. Uh, current touchscreen voting systems, in addition to being extremely expensive to procure and maintain, are vulnerable to fraud. It, these are things that if you tweet them today and you make them uh, about the 2020 election, you will get kicked off of your social network. Can we can we actually just change the names and tweet exactly the same thing or don't even include the dates or the names, but tweet his stuff and see if it's taken down? <laughs> it's all, all just quotes. All just quotes. These are, just from quotes. Him. These are quotes. quotes from him. While there's no reliable evidence of actual fraud in these machines in Ohio 2004, our expert advises that touchscreen machines are not sufficiently safeguarded against fraud. The statistical study of precinct level data does not suggest the occurrence of widespread fraud that systematically misallocated votes from Kerry to Bush. You remember when these audits have gone on recently, this is what the... Uh, media has focused on right the fact that they couldn't find the fraud uh, Mm -hmm. in the in the final investigation same thing happened here yet they continued to go on it's entirely impossible that a touchscreen voter could vote for one candidate which would be displayed on screen while an entirely different candidate could be recorded internally as having received that vote if such an error occurred neither the voter nor any election official would be able to undo the damage after the fact if such an error occurred systematically, it could swing the outcome of an election. And if the faulty software were deliberately placed in the machine, it could even be programmed to modify itself to eliminate any traces of its having being present. If such fraud were occurring, it would not be visible to poll workers or election observers. You know, what kills me is they, they make this claim on Republicans. Republicans can't find their way out of a paper bag that is open on one end. They can't find their way out of a like an apple crate. They're standing in it. Oh, you just step out of it. They can't do that. Mm. They could somehow or another coordinate a stealing of the election. But 
he doubles down. Listen to this. Was President George Bush legitimately elected? Well, we went through a very contentious 2000, if you remember. And I remind you, it went all the way to the United States Supreme Court. And it took them through the second week of December to actually make a decision. And the Supreme Court, for the first time in the history of our country, stopped the counting of ballots in Florida Mm. and overturned the local Virginia or the uh, Florida Supreme Court. So yes or no? So that was a different. Yeah, he got sworn in. Once you're sworn in, we got to move on. But do not forget that it was very important that the Supreme Court of Florida stopped the counting of ballots. Okay. That wasn't the case in uh, 2020. Still, st- it's still stolen, right? I mean, it's just, mm. yes, he, the person got put into office and you had to move on. But yes, it was still stolen. And leading in uh, to the elections, he also talked about being concerned about voting machines. Glenn Youngkin has run the entire campaign on election integrity. He says it is the single most important issue facing Virginia. No. Do you think this next election is going to be on the up and up? Oh, I'm very concerned. Russia is going to be as active as they've ever been. Remember, I kept voting in the Senate race, kept voting for the Democrat. Republican name kept coming up. Three times that happened. So I took the machines and I hired hackers, professional hackers, to come into Virginia. Listen to this. It took them six minutes to hack into our OptiScan machines. And within four minutes, they were able to change a vote. Glenn Youngkin has run the entire campaign on election integrity. He says it is the single most important issue facing Virginia. No. It's fascinating because those are those last couple are current clips. He's still holding on to this and leading into the election of 2020 was saying all the things that are conspiracy theories now saying that they could happen, that hackers could get in, they could change votes. This is happening all over the country. This is But it didn't happen with Donald Trump right, so hard. Because they had to reverse. Did you They were the ones saying this was going to be stolen and that people forget that. Go back to October and September of 2020. It was the Democrats saying this election was going to be stolen because they were preparing the American people to have to uh to to when to, to to kind of give them the excuse that when they lost it wasn't their fault and that it was actually stolen like they have with every presidential election since i've been an adult by the way uh what happened in california could happen in virginia except you don't have a black man running in virginia um they just you couldn't vote for a black man in california i guess uh, because he was too extreme. He was Donald Trump. And uh, people were convinced you can't have Larry Elder. And they held their nose and they voted for Gavin Newsom. And California will pay a very heavy price for that in their economy and their way of life. Virginia, you now have the same choice. Who do you serve? What God do you serve? Will you kneel again at the altar of the progressive church? Or will you kneel before your God? That is the choice. Back in a minute. Oh my gosh. Well, I have some sad news. Uh, The axe-wielding maniac from last year's Halloween ads has fallen on hard times. Uh, You know, he's chasing around half-naked co-eds and chopping up stray kids who went alone and you know to smoke some reefer sure that's fun but it doesn't pay the bills okay and uh hard times have come and now he's realized he's got a you know he has to have a job um 
And he thought, you know, I'm not going to be able to chop people up. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What job am I qualified for? Well, he found something much worse. He has a computer and he's on the Internet hacking in to steal your identity. Yes, hacking without an axe. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Yeah, you don't have to be a half-naked co-ed to get hacked into right now. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but I will tell you, LifeLock is much better than all of the cops in all of the Halloween movies. They actually see it coming. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's lifelock.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, next week, I want to I want to talk about uh, something called the agenda setting theory and been doing some homework on on the agenda setting theory and, and what it is. And basically, starting in the 1920s, uh, what a surprise, the progressives figured out that if they can shape the news uh, they can shape the agenda and they may not be able to tell you what to think, but they can tell you what to think about. And we see this with high gas prices. If the media is talking about high, high gas prices, it's everywhere. Everyone's talking about high gas prices, or at least it feels that way. Mm. But the media is not talking about it. But I know all my friends are talking about, have you gone to the gas station this week? That's the agenda-setting theory, and I have some really exciting news for you next week, but I haven't been able to figure one piece of the puzzle out, and that is us, you, me. Um, we don't seem to be fitting into this pattern, and I'll explain this next week. the Glenn Beck Program. is up next. The Glenn Beck Program. There really is nothing. Nothing you can't cook on a Rectech. <laughs> nothing at all. With its smart grill technology, it basically does all of the work for you. Yes. This Halloween weekend, do you have a Rectech? Because you can cook anything on a Rectech. You just monitor on your app and everything gets done to perfection. Take my friend... Bill O'Reilly, for example. I've been thinking lately of having him for dinner. I, I mean, having him over for dinner. Yes, I can just picture it now. Delicious red meat cooked up exactly how I like it. The only thing missing on a Rectech is a, 
Rotisserie, Bill. <laughs> you might say it's a no-spin grill. <laughs> okay, anyway, if you haven't checked out a Rectech today, you need one. <laughs> Holidays are coming up like this weekend. Check out Rectech today. You know you want to. Follow up Rectech on uh, social media. Sign up for their newsletter. Check them out. A, B, compare them. There is nothing, nothing that compares to a Rectech. R-E-C-T-E-Q. Rectech with a Q at the end. Rectech.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. And now, the scariest hour on radio. The one, the only. Bill O'Reilly. Hello, Crypt Keeper. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah, how are um, you? I just got off, got off the phone with Tonto, Long, Lone Ranger's uh, yeah. pal. Yeah, really? And, and he, you know, he said, look, I want kids to go trick-or-treating, dress as me. <laughs> Holy right? cow. And, yeah, wow. Yeah, Tonto is not uh, offended. He was, he's not marginalized. He's not woke. Mm-hmm. He gets enough sleep, but mm-hmm. he's not woke. Hmm. And he just said, "Look, if the urchins want to run around dressed as me, chemo sabi, I'm uh, I'm down with it." Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's that's that uh, my morning. I yeah. would love to see your neighborhood uh, all behind bars, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> how's that, uh, Bill? What is the uh, big story yeah. of the week? I think the failure of Joe Biden to uh, command respect in his own party. I think that's pretty huge. Um, so usually when you're a president, you understand how far you can go in getting your stuff done, your policies done, new laws passed. But Joe Biden didn't have a clue. And to me, I mean, I'm watching this yesterday. You got Pelosi, who is one of the most vicious um, House speakers in history. And, you know, she basically says to uh, Democrats in the House, hey, if you don't vote the way I want you to, you're not going to get a blank and penny when you run every two years. So the party's not going to give you any money. Mm-hmm. That strangles um, candidates. So she gets pretty much what she wants to get. But here she couldn't get the uh, Democrats to vote for anything. They just wouldn't vote. And Biden goes out on national television. I thought he was going to cry. I thought Joe was going to like, come on, <laughs> come on at me. Got nothing. And now he whips over and he's uh, with the Pope. I think that's done. Mm-hmm, it is. Um, he's meeting with the yeah. Italian prime minister now, and then he'll meet with yeah, the Yeah, that prince. must be exciting, you know, meeting yeah. with the Italian prime ministers. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's no been any reportage on the Pope, right? Did you see anything? No, I haven't heard anything. I know that the, they were going to carry it live. The Pope was, I don't know, on Pope TV or whatever. They were going to carry it live, and then the Pope decided not to for some reason. Yeah, that was the Pope's on The Voice. So they were going to tape a show. <laughs> the Pope. Yeah, really? <laughs> Singing Ave yeah, Maria. Right. And, uh, you yeah. know, and you can't really boot the Pope off. That's no, tough. no. Yeah, so, so I, I don't think they wanted to have Biden on The Voice. But, you know, Catholics and other Christians who are um, against abortion, they want the Pope to come out and scorch Biden and scorch Nancy Pelosi, but he's never 
in a million years going to do that because he sees that as pastoral duty, what they call pastoral duty, which is private. But I, I was shocked. I ran a soundbite on No Spin News last night where Joe Biden actually said that he doesn't believe life begins at conception. He doesn't believe that. So that means you can't be a Roman Catholic. You can't. That would be like saying uh, if you're um, a Muslim, you know, I don't think Muhammad's a prophet. <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, it was just some guy on a camel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, if you don't believe that, you can't be a Muslim. It's the same thing. And, and this is how clueless Mr. Biden is. I mean, Mr. He, he just says, no, I, I don't believe life uh, begins at conception. And you look at him and go, do you not understand the Catholic theology's based on that yeah, but God but, they, but their religion all life and you don't destroy it. Their religion doesn't. in Washington, D.C. is pick and choose whatever works for you today. Whatever. I mean, maybe maybe so. But aren't you surprised as just a, an analyst of the news that a guy who has used his religion in his political campaigns and everyone knows he goes to church and that he's a loyal Roman Catholic no, he's not. come out and say, I don't believe in a central tenet of my church. And it gets no coverage. Nothing. Nobody says a word because you're right. In Washington, D.C., all religion is a side show. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the commentators and the media people, they're all heathens. You know that. <laughs> while we're, you know, while we're while we're on this uh, religion yeah. thing, uh, Bill, the religious exemptions uh, for the Navy, apparently they haven't given one. And uh, there's breaking news today that the chaplain who you have to go to for a religious exemption, they're now asking, well, how does that make sense with this tenant of your religion? And how come you can take this vaccine, but not this vaccine? They're making you uh, they're they're making you prove to them your religion. They're they're questioning your faith. And if it doesn't make sense, then you don't get it. I mean, since when well, is that like happening? it's like being a conscientious objector, though. So I see the point of the Navy and the military here. Um, you can't just stroll on in there because you're afraid to get vaxxed, and that's... Wait, 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 wait. But I, ha- I have a right. I mean, we, we talked about this earlier today. When they say, uh, you know, uh, confess or admit your uh, privilege, I do all the time. Every morning when I say my prayers, I, I acknowledge my privilege to my God because God gave me everything, everything. And God gave okay, me freedom. Hang on, hang on, hang on. God gave All me right. freedom of choice. And I believe that I am being forced to bow down in front of a false God and do what this false God is telling me what to do. And okay. I, I religiously object but, to but it. Here's why you're never going to get anywhere with that. Because the religious exemption in the military is based on theology. So when you have the Pope come out and say, hey, everybody should get vaxxed, that wipes out all the Catholic exemptions right there. And so the they're not going to go and evaluate your request for an exemption from the vax based on your personal philosophy that's not happening okay so then why can't i into 
if, a religion, an, an organized religion, and say, as Muhammad Ali did, and that's why he won that appeal in the Supreme Court. Right. Okay. My religion, Islam, says I can't do harm to Correct. people I don't know or however they phrased it. Yeah. So why can't I then say, for instance, my church uh, has what's called the proclamation of the family, and it specifically says genders are preordained. Okay, so you're born a boy, you're born a girl. You don't change that. Um, And man and a woman uh, is is they have sacred roles and sacred identities. Why can't I then have on religious or could I in if I went to the army and they're trying to jam all this stuff down my throat that I have to, you know, accept all of this and say all this. Look, I don't have a problem if you want to believe that, but I'm not going to con- I'm not going to lend my voice to something I think is is wrong according to my religion. Yeah, they would they, if they did anything, the military did anything. All right, to try to force you out of the belief that when you're born a man, that's how you die. When you're born a woman, that's how you die. If they tried to force you out of that, by you saying, okay, Glenn Beck, you have to do a speech that says trans people are the greatest people. Then you could sue them and win everything. But you can't do that, all right? But in a, in a personal, philosophical way, and that's what most of the anti-vaxxers are. I don't want to take the vax, for, and, and I'm not going to tell you why. I don't want to do it. You can't force me to do it. Well, the courts have all ruled that, yes, the government can force you. Where? Where? How, Bill? How can... In 1913, there was a big ruling. It still stands. Now, these cases are winding their way up to the Supreme Court, and I do believe some COVID cases will be heard. But I still believe that the court will come down and say, if there is a threat to public safety... The government has a right to mandate vaccinations because we have polio, we have measles, we have all of this precedent, okay? And we're, you know, the COVID pandemic was bad enough with all the deaths and all the hospitalizations that I, it is a legitimate public safety threat. That's how I think it would go down. Okay, so there are two countries now. Um, more, you know, I've heard people say there are two Americas. There really are two Americas now. No doubt about it. Um, and no and, doubt about it. And part part of that second America has truly become a second class citizen. You can't have a job. You won't be able to work if you don't get a vaccine. Because no company will hire you. And it's not that these companies are all for it. These companies are doing it out of fear of the government. So how do you take 10% of the population and say, no job for you? And expect that to work. It's happening even as we speak where I am. I know. I know. In in New York City, they're going to lose 25% of the cops. And about 18% of the firefighters. What does, the city, that, what does that do to the city? And I mean, there's a, not a greater group of people that deserve that. Who, who are the happiest people in the world today? The gangs who can go out and, and commit crimes. Correct. Look, they can commit crimes now at will anyway. But it's, it's 50% easier to do it today and over the Halloween weekend. 
Look, I'm sympathetic to the fascist element of this. I understand how this tears apart a society, okay, even though I am a person who believes that vaccinations are good. So, so do I. Okay, but I understand so that. What? So do I. Yeah, I know you do. I know. So, but I understand, and I wouldn't have mandated the cops and the firefighters, so-called essential workers, get the vax in New York City. I would have said, (laughs) if you don't get vaccinated, you have to then obey a certain set of rules we're going to set up just for you. That means you have to wear a mask all the time, no matter where you are. The mask doesn't work. Well, it doesn't matter whether it doesn't work or not. You're sending a (laughs) signal to the public. You're sending a signal to the public that Officer O'Dowd is unvaxxed. Oh, okay, so it's so like a if, so it's like a um, a yellow star, something like that. You knew I was going. So there, the there, public so. doesn't want to go near Officer O'Dowd because Officer O'Dowd's on vax. The public knows, and then I would have Wrong. the essential workers have to pay for their own COVID tests. I would I would do that. You'd have to be tested a couple of times a week just to make sure you're not a carrier. But anyway, I think that would be a compromise that some would do. Um, rather than the dig in, um, I'm going to leave my job, which is going to hurt every all eight and a half million people who live in New York City. OK, so let me just let me just wrap this segment up with with this. We strongly encourage all participants to be vaccinated before coming uh, for the health and safety of all. But we not we will not make it mandatory since some participants have medical or other issues that preclude them from vaccinations. This is the statement from COP 21 in Glasgow. There are 20,000 politicians and their staffs all in Glasgow, and they're not mandating a vaccine for any of them. Why should they get a special opening and the average person not? That's an excellent question. I think you should fly to Scotland and wear a kilt when you're there and go in and ask that question. I would gladly Can wear a kilt. Can you do a, a burr? Can you do a Scottish burr? Can you do that? Uh, no, I can't. no, I can't. But I have a you can't? no. But I have a Scotsman who uh, was in the Royal Marines, and he'll go well, over you there. Take him as an interpreter because you can't uh, you can't understand those people. No, I, no, <laughs> it's Glasgow, true. By the way, it is true. I met yeah, his. I I, um, I want is an omelet. I know he he brought his father over who speaks like the yeah. old dialect. I swear yeah. to God, you have no. He's speaking English. You have absolutely no idea, no idea what he, he could be saying to you. Help me, help me! I'm on fire, and you're like, "What? I don't." You, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't. All know. I do when I when I'm in Scotland, all I do is uh, I just dance. I just do a little. You know, the bagpipes come in, and I they're not letting you in back. Scotland. You're an Irishman. Oh, they, they let me there. Are you kidding me? They, it's near Ireland. It's right across the Irish Sea. I know. They'll believe me. They know it. All right, Bill O'Reilly coming up in uh, just a second. So. Dr. Wakambo, he's a longtime listener and a fan of the program. He recently wrote in about his experience with Relief Factory. He says, I've been helping my patients get their life back for many years now. And believe me, it's it's complicated. First, you have to bury them in an old cemetery. Then there's the eye of Newt and the tongue of toad crap that you got to collect. Then you got to dance all night like you have ants in your loincloth for about half the night. Anyway, that's how you make zombies. 
But all that dancing has given me a real pain in the knees over the years. And Glenn, I've been listening to you, and I know that that's all inflammation. I decided to try it. My pain has been gone now after two weeks of trying Relief Factor. Guess you could say I got my life back. <laughs> Dr. Wakambo, thank you so much for writing in. I appreciate it. Uh, Halloween isn't a drug, but it was developed by doctors. Real doctors. About 70% of the people who try go on to order more. You can order the three-week quick start for $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. 800-583-84. Relieffactor.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. Bill O'Reilly. Yes, sir. So are you uh, are you optimistic about what you're seeing from the American people who are starting to stand up? I'm writing a column. It'll be out Sunday noon on BillOReilly.com called The Woke Versus The Awakened. And in the column, I do say that I believe, based upon anecdotal evidence, that's my life, because I know thousands of people, a lot of liberal people, too, and I check in with them, um, that it's over for the progressives. It's, it's, they're going to slide big time. Next year, they're going to get wiped out in the midterm elections, and the culture's turning on them because they're so nasty, nasty, particularly women. They're, trying to, they're waking up saying, you know, I got little uh, Shelly here, and she can't dress up like anything because the woke people have got a big list of Halloween costumes that Shelly can't wear. Mm. Enough. And I think that's what's going to happen. So let me ask you this, and this may require a longer answer. Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday. He's a, uh, I wouldn't say he's a liberal. He's become a libertarian Due to my friendship, I believe. Um, but, uh, you know, he was he was a pretty diehard Democrat and he only voted for Joe Biden because Donald Trump drove him out of his mind uh, right. and right. he just couldn't get past it. He said right. he would never have voted for Joe Biden if it wasn't Trump. And he said, I, I want to vote for Ron DeSantis. Now, this is a guy who is in Hollywood. He's a former liberal. And he said, I'd vote for Ron DeSantis, he said, but I'm afraid that Donald Trump's going to run again. And he said, if 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 uh, Ron DeSantis would run, he said it would be a landslide that would end the Republic or the uh, Democratic Party as we know it for probably 20 years to the future. I'm not so sure about that. I don't know how DeSantis uh, will be on the campaign trail, how right. effective he'll be. I don't know. I like the way he's run Florida. Yep. I think he's done an excellent job down there. I know a lot of people live there. I go to Florida often. Um, but one of the reasons I uh, put together the Trump history tour mm -hmm. was that I wanted to get the emotion out of Trump, which I think is impossible. Because your friend is absolutely right. Out of the 80 million who voted for Biden, about 79 million 900. Um, voted for against Trump. Yes. I think it was like 100,000 who said, oh, yeah, I like Trump. Um, that was it. Yeah. All right? right? It was an anti-Trump vote. 
So how do we change that? And is Donald Trump aware of that? More with Bill O'Reilly coming up in just a second this Halloween weekend. It's Friday. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The creature came out of the swamp as it dragged itself across the ground, its long, slimy tentacles reaching out in all directions, greedily grabbing at anything and everything they could find. What does it want? What does it want? What it has always wanted since its dark creation on Jekyll Island. Steal wealth. Yes, anything and everything that they could take, it would take. Manipulate the market so they could artificially inflate. Yes! Centralize banking so the power and the wealth funnels upward. Yes! Rob honest, hard-working people in every possible way. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. So this actually isn't one of those silly spooky commercials. This is, I'm describing the Federal Reserve and the Tuttle Twins book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. We'll describe it even better to your kids and grandkids. Do them, do them and yourself and our country a favor. Get all of the Tuttle Twins books right now. 35% off all of their books. Plus, they're giving away the activity workbooks at no additional cost. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You want to learn about the Fed and teach your kids? TuttleTwinsBeck.com. And head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code being Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. More with Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Next. Bill O'Reilly is with us. Bill, I want to get your take on the Biden administration now weighing, now this is a court settlement, $450,000 a person compensation to migrant families that were separated by Trump. Now, you'll notice they didn't they didn't have that lawsuit when they were separated by Barack Obama or they're being separated now by uh, Joe Biden. This is for the lawsuits that were brought up against trump's administration he wants to settle the case at four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a person which means the families could get a million uh each uh, my daughter was separated from me so you each get a million dollars um this would make them th- th- they would get more money from the federal government than the 9-11 victim families did uh, I don't think that, and I know they're saying, well, it might cost more if it goes to court. You fight this thing all the way to the Supreme Court. How dare Americans have to pay for people who tried to break into our house? They come here, they're separated. I didn't send their kids across the border. What the hell are you talking about? I now have to pay you half a million dollars? Go to hell or back to your country. Okay, so this shows the utter contempt that Joe Biden has for the taxpayer. Yeah. So I work hard, Beck work hard, Stu not so hard. But we pay our taxes to a government in order for the government to protect us 
to help people in need and to provide a security across the board that the country operates effectively. That's why we pay taxes. That is the bargain. That is the um, deal between elected officials and the people. Okay, so Biden, he throws that all out the window because he has contempt for the people. And this is an interesting thing that very few people have raised. So he looks like such a nice guy out there. Okay, and here's the deal. I mean, I'm a guy. I'm Joe. I had a regular guy. Joe Biden, and I've now analyzed him very intensely for 10 months. He despises me, you, if you don't agree with him. Yes, they all do. And he... And well, but for him, it's more personal than even Barack Obama. And for him, Obama was very personal. So Biden is basically caving into the ACLU, who launched a bunch of political uh, lawsuits against uh, the Trump administration for this. Now, this would not even be close in a court of law. The ACLU would lose on every turn. Why? Because the federal government had no idea who these people were. Uh So they were marching across the border. Many of them had no identification. They said, okay, well, little Jose is my son. Well, that's what the cartels tell people to say. But the U.S. government, the Border Patrol, they don't know if Jose is this guy's son. They don't know. So they had to segregate the adult to find out who the deuce that person was and little jose went into the child area so this was because cartels were telling people you can get into the united states if you tell the u.s authorities that these children are your children or whatever even if they're not and in many many cases thousands of cases they weren't They were being brought in by total strangers sometimes. That was the con. That was what the cartels were doing. Here's the strategy. That strategy has changed now to asylum. Now you march up. I need asylum. Uh, Five guys on my block are trying to kill me. So thank you. Send me somewhere in the USA and I'll live here forever. Okay. So when you understand how the families were divided, that they were divided so that the U.S. government could find out who they actually were, then the lawsuit falls apart. Biden doesn't care about any of that, okay? He just wants to take tax money, tax dollars, and the government got a record amount this fiscal year of tax dollars. Never gotten more, even in, in the pandemic. Never gotten more. And he'll just give the people money so that the progressives will say, Joe Biden's the greatest. Look at Joe Biden. He's is there Biden's ever terrible. a time that anyone says we might be overplaying our hand? I'm telling you, if they On give the left, you mean if they give these families oh, half a million dollars, it's be tremendous. It is the, the uh, I I mean I saw that yesterday and I almost I almost had hysterical blindness. I mean I, well, I almost went blind to block that. There will be lawsuits on the on the right launched to block it okay so damn well better be be, yeah there will be um but it it is you ask in the beginning of our very astute conversation when i came on the glenn beck program in the first two or three minutes do you asked 
is the culture changing? Is this changing? Is the backlash against the woke, the progressives, is that coming? And this will just be another part of that. Mm-hmm. So what, who, what kind of a sane American who works very hard and loses 35 40% of his or her income in taxes is going to support this? Who's going to support this? People who don't pay taxes. Yep. That's who will support it. But no hardworking person could possibly support this kind of insanity. And as you rightly pointed out, Obama separated far more families oh, yeah. than Trump oh, yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. And Obama deported a record amount, arrested and deported a record amount of undocumented people in 2011. Okay. I want to give you a couple of seconds to uh, promote your uh, event with Donald Trump or whatever it is that you want to promote uh, today. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Jeez, man, for the love of Pete. But I have to ask you, what do you think is going to happen next week? Uh, when I ask you about Virginia, what do you think? What do you think the news is going to be? I'm staying in my. I predicted in July that Youngkin would win, and McAuliffe would lose. Now Fox News is not a good polling outfit, hmm. but they got Youngkin up by eight. That's the last poll that came out yesterday. Why do you say they're not a but good again, polling? I mean, they've been pretty accurate. Um, no, they have not. They have been wrong pretty much. You go back and look at. 2020 election, presidential election, they, they weren't even close. All right. Fox, Fox polling was not even close. Okay. Um, so they're not a good polling outfit. They don't have a good uh, mytholo- uh, methodology. However, an eight-point spread, something's going on. So I am going to predict uh, that McAuliffe will lose on Tuesday. I'm standing by my. How prediction. big of an upset is that? How what does That's that huge. do? Yeah, what? But what that does embarrasses that embarrasses Biden again? And the only thing that could make McAuliffe win is if Trump <laughs> if Trump's doing a virtual something for Youngkin. Youngkin sitting there going, "Don't, don't help me." Don't help me, because Trump mobilizes Democrats who might hate McAuliffe, may yeah. stay home. Yeah. As soon as they hear the word, the name Trump, Trump, they go out and vote. So I don't know. You know, I know Donald Trump a long time. We've had a lot of conversations about perhaps maybe he modifies his style. And that is segueing why this Trump O'Reilly history tour has taken on far more importance than it did when I developed it, because now he's going to run again. He's going to do it. And that's going to cause massive chaos within the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, if he gets on the record in these four shows, Lauderdale on the 11th of December, Orlando the 12th, Houston the next week, the 19th, and Dallas the 20th, Okay. No, the 18th for Houston and the 19th for Dallas. Doing this off the top of my head. Um, if he gets on the record, what he accomplished, because nobody knows what he accomplished or how he did it, because it was never reported. Now, this takes on, because this will all be shot. We're going to tape the whole thing. And it'll be available to BillOReilly.com premium members. They'll be able to see some of it, not all of it, because we want you to come to the show. Um, and then Trump himself will have these tapes. That was part of our contract. And if he runs on his record and stops the madness, he will persuade some people who understand how bad the Democratic Party is right now in this country. They're awful, 
awful. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next Jack, week. What are you going as Halloween now? Who are you dressing up? The scariest figure I know, Bill O'Reilly. I knew it. Yeah. I'm going as Ander- yeah. I'm going as Anderson Cooper. <laughs> I am. Okay, good. Now that's a hard that's a hard outfit for me though. Yeah, because I'm like a towering big guy. Yeah, and Anderson yeah. kind of a little guy. Just throw a black T-shirt on. Just throw a black T-shirt. Yes, on. very good. Ben. Just be like very a floating good. head out there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. All right, have fun. Thanks for you having bet. me. It's dead. Dead, I tell you. Yes, yes, once again it was alive, but that was before the madness began. That was before the fire came along and scorched it into small little pieces. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Yes, I I see the evil that's running through your mind right now. You you think that I killed it, don't you? What harmless little me? I, I'd never heard a fly, much less commit the savage act of villainy I'm describing to you. And tell me this, of what good is it to you now that it's dead? It has no value whatsoever. Oh, sure, your dog may eat it, but he won't eat it happily. Oh, I tell you, he, he won't eat it healthily because it's dead. Tired of feeling uh, and feeding your dog uh, kibble food that doesn't give him the vitamins and minerals and probiotics because it's dead? Time to do what all cool dog owners are doing. I mean, hey, you do you, boo, but I'm feeding my dog rough greens. It's not a food. It's just really a healthy supplement. You can get a free bag of rough greens for your dog to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash back, roughgreens.com slash back, or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Call them today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Should point out, Glenn, a couple uh, interesting uh, things mm-hmm. on the website today. Uh, as you mentioned, it's Halloween weekend. We have oh, the Edgar yeah. Allan Poe. Uh, your essays are all up posted there. A lot of people like to play these in, like, uh, you know, on their you know mobile devices or like you know uh, Bluetooth speakers around the door as trick or treaters come in. This has been a big thing over the years. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's just kind of a cool. It's it's all yeah. fully produced in spooky stories. From Edgar Allan Poe, read yeah. by Glenn, and it's all available for free at glennbeck.com. Yeah, you uh, you don't want to miss it. We're not going to do it on the air this year. We've done it for like 20 years, um, but uh, uh, you you can get your Edgar Allan Poe now online, uh, and it is, I mean, it's fun. It's a tradition in my family to uh, read it. Mary is really the only one in my family that likes it. Everybody else is like, oh, Dad. But we sit down and turn off all the lights, and I read Edgar Allan Poe to them. You have a new uh, podcast out this weekend as well. Yeah, uh, really, really good, one. good one. Really good one. John Andrasik from Five for Fighting. Um, he talks about, yeah, I mean, you, you know his music. You may not know his name, but you know his music. We talk about um, his, uh, his anger that he had uh over and still has over afghanistan his new song blood on blood on my hands how it's being um just squashed by the music industry and and uh algorithms uh it's you know it's at the same time as let's go brandon and we talk about is there a movement of artists that are 
that's afoot, and uh, you don't want to miss this. It's a really great, great episode, uh, unlike any other episode we've ever done. It's available now for Blaze subscribers at blazetv.com, or you can uh, wait for it wherever you get your podcast, and it'll come out tomorrow. Uh, so I'm looking the request for a religious exemption to the COVID-19 vaccination requirement. Now, Stu, yes, you can just get, I mean, Bill O'Reilly was saying, you know, I think people should pay for the, you know, they should get it or, or pay for the testing themselves twice a week. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but, uh, the government can pay for the testing and it's non-invasive. You don't have to stick the thing up your nose. Yeah, anymore. That the early COVID test, everyone has that image of like sticking a Q-tip up into your brain to get the test. Yeah, you don't have right. to do that anymore. It's actually a very easy process. And cheap. Now. Yeah, relatively cheap. Yeah, you know, the FDA is in the way of making it a lot cheaper. In in Europe, you can get these tests like, you know, for pennies. Uh, here they're still a little pricey and hard to get because they're trying <laughs> there's some some ridiculous thing they're doing with calling it a medical device and they've categorized Ugh. it in this way that it, you know, more layers of bureaucracy uh to to actually get people these tests cheaply. There are a lot of people fighting for that to change. And hopefully it does. Yeah, I mean, if they're cheap and they're efficient and they're uh, non-invasive, you know, that that is the answer for a lot of people who say, I don't I'm not going to get the vaccine. Great. Give me the test once a week. Don't jam jam a stick up my nose. Uh, And uh, and I'll do that once a week. That's that. That's not a problem. And people don't like the the idea of having separate rules. I think that's the bigger. That's the thing where people still push back. It's not everyone understands if they just did a testing mandate, people would be, I think, more amenable to it. I mean, for example, Joe Rogan has one at a studio. Right. You want to go get interviewed by Joe Rogan, a guy who's not known for loving vaccines. And, you know, he was taking horse dewormer, as we learned from CNN. But every single guest that goes there gets tested. And I think they do antibody tests on them as well. Um, so it's just, you know, like there's nothing, there's no one arguing. We want to be able to spread COVID wherever we go. It's just a matter of forcing people into medical treatments they may or may not want. Uh, so the yeah. test thing is is actually built into that rule uh, that Biden is trying to, the mandate that Biden is trying to uh, push through. I still think that one is going to wind up being unconstitutional. The military is a totally different story. I mean, that one goes back to you know, well, George Washington. Let me tell you, in the meantime, uh, the workforce between the cops, the firefighters, the TSA, look out, man. It is going to be yeah. a dicey holiday season. I mean, who's going who's gonna to go to the Walmart or to the Best Buy on Black Friday to break up all the stabbings over a TV? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Hello, not the right time. Do you're it assuming, after Black Friday. You're assuming TVs will be on the shelves. Yeah. That's yes. a whole other series. Well, that one, that one TV will be there. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
to the Glenn Beck program. It is Friday. My job is to warn you of what may come our way and give you the odds. Uh, I will tell you the odds of really tough times coming your way are uh, not in your favor. Uh, the The idea that there's going to be shortages, massive shortages, uh, is a reality. It is happening. If China falls, collapses uh, under its own economic uh, trouble, then it's going to be much, much worse. There is a chance that we have real shortages unlike anything America has seen since the Great Depression on the horizon. Are you prepared? Well, as I start to do my homework to find out how bad this thing uh, is going to be, I need to talk to people who are trade experts who understand the supply chain crisis. Next week, I have the COO or the CEO of uh, of Toyota North America and the pre- former president of Toyota Global. He's going to be joining me for about an hour just to tra- talk about what the how, how do we restart this system and what it really means to you. But I wanted to talk to Peter Navarro because he was right on a on a few things. He was the guy who was saying, you know, we got to get out of China. We've we got to put sanctions on China, which I am not a, a trade barrier guy, but I agreed on that one. Uh, we have to shut down the airport. You know, anyone flying in from China, that was him. And he was also the guy who said, we got to fire Fauci. We're going to talk to him in 60 seconds. Oh, my gosh. Glenn Beck program. It's Halloween. <laughs> Does anybody have the stupidity to do this three hours in a row? It's Halloween weekend. And as you gaze out the window in terror, you see the white figure approaching you in the lawn, arms outstretched, a faint moan escaping it as it looms closer and closer. Then it trips, falls to the ground, slowly gets back up, and then trips again and slowly gets back up, which is kind of, I mean, less scary than it is kind of funny, but still scary. It spots you, raises its arms again and says, I'm Joe Biden. Oh my gosh. You think this is the guy in charge of our economy right now. I couldn't think of anything more frightening than that, honestly. But uh, now maybe is a good time to make sure that your financial house is in order. And I can think of no better place to start than by giving uh, the mortgage consultants over at American Financing a call right now. They're salary based, so they're not in it for the bank. They're in it for you. And they're going to go over your finances with you to see if and where you can save money. Maybe it's a refi of your mortgage. Maybe it's a consolidation loan. But whatever it is, if they can save you money, they will. There's no obligation, no hidden fees or anything else. Just call them and shoot straight with them because they'll shoot straight with you. I mean, I have done things with American financing. They have said to me, they said to Stu a couple of times, uh, I can't I can't beat that loan. You should go someplace else uh, and you can probably get it over here. But we can't offer that. 
Uh, and so they shoot straight with you. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Former assistant to President Trump, former White House trade advisor, and author of a new book called In Trump Time, Peter Navarro. Welcome to the program, Peter. How are you, sir? Couldn't be more delighted to be with you uh, uh, today to talk about in Trump time and this uh, crumbling supply chain we're facing. You, you know that uh, the whole ethos of the Trump administration was buy American, yep. hire American. Mm-hmm. And if you have your factories here, it's just uh, an axiomatic that you'll have your supply chains here. If you offshore your factories, the supply chains go with them. So at least... A good part of the problem we're facing now is the power of corporate America to send our jobs offshore, chasing that uh, that sweatshop labor. And they always tell us that it's it's what we call in economics a black swan event, you know, low tail risk. Uh But somehow those supply chains will be disrupted. Uh, but but boy, that tail risk is looking like a big tail right now. And, you know, Peter, uh, I tell you, it is it is. We didn't learn anything. I mean, one of the things that I think shocked America when we shut down for the first fifteen days was, uh, wait a minute, what do you mean we don't make any of our own medicine? We get it all from China or ninety plus percent from China? That seems crazy. We're not talking about bringing any of the essential stuff back here to America. We're building back better, which is a total great reset scam. But we're not we're not doing the common sense things that everyone knows we should do. Well, a a tale of two uh, packages, right? When when I was in the administration, we were uh, I document this in detail in the in Trump time book. We, we were trying to, to pass a, a, a trillion dollar, two trillion dollar package. Um, but but the, the primary focus on it, besides providing some short term aid to people who really needed it, was bringing our factories on shore, our essential medicines. Um, and if you contrast that, like what's in that two trillion dollar package, with what the Democrats are trying to pass now, it's it's what we call in math an empty set, right? The, 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 what the Democrats want to do is just spend a bunch of money with no strategic purpose whatsoever, with no thought of solving our supply chain crisis, and you know you don't know what you got till it's gone. I think to myself, yeah, what is it? What is it, folks who voted against? Trump, do you, what, what didn't you like? Was it the strong economic growth, the rising real wages for blue-collar Americans, North Korea keeping their missiles on the ground, uh, Iran at peace, uh, <clears throat> cracking down on communist China, securing our southern border? Or, or was it those those tweets that really kind of annoyed you? You know, and now right. you got like you went from the best president ever to the worst. But, but I, I would be risk. You mentioned Fauci uh, in, in part of your intro. I mean, in chapter two of the In Trump Time book, I have my first meeting with him, and yes, it was over that uh, China travel ban. And if you remember um, January twenty eighth, twenty twenty, this was like the dawn. Of the pandemic, there were really only three people in the White House who was taking the virus seriously: it was President, me, and, and O'Brien, the National Security Advisor. Right, and the boss sends me to the sit room 
to argue the town lobby the task force on behalf of the ban and i go in there and it's like there's nothing but but bogeys in there like mulvaney's at the end of the table acting chief of staff he's against it i got pompeo's hack my left shoulder he's against it uh orville redenbacher doppelganger but (laughs) the bumbling robert redfield at the cdc and azar sitting next to him but there's this little guy little guy glenn he's sitting across there with these little round glass didn't know him from Adam, didn't know he walked on water, didn't know he was a saint, didn't know he was a media darling. Didn't know that he was the highest paid government official in all of America? No friggin' I. He was just a guy sitting across from me at high noon, which would have some symbolism, right? And two minutes in, it's all in the Trump time book, it's all documented. Um, I'm in a violent shouting match with this guy, and all he could keep saying over and over again is that that travel bans don't work. And I go, dude, I actually said, dude, do them. I said, dude, it's like, you mean to tell me it's like 20,000 Chinese nationals coming in. A lot of them from Wuhan are likely lit up like a Christmas tree with virus coming into LAX and O'Hare and Kennedy. Are you telling me that we're better off, come, you know, come on down? And he just, he held that position that, you know, that I, I beat him that day because the boss two days later would, would do the travel. Ad. But here's, here's what was really important about that day. It wasn't just that he was so wrong about the virus right then. We find out later on that he got an email that day from a Scripps Institute scientist mm-hmm. who told him flat out, this virus likely came from a lab and was genetically engineered as a weapon. Okay, so think about this now. Fauci on that day, early on, January 28, 2020, knew the following, that the virus came from Wuhan, that it surfaced within yards of that lab. That's two things. Number three, Fauci knew that he funded that lab. And number four, he knew that he authorized the gain-of-function experiments that can turn harmless bat viruses into human killers. That was a lie of omission, because you can't tell me that the, well, the two of us sitting there, I was the only one who knew that Ling was from the lab in Wuhan, me the, me, me the economist, right? Come on. Fauci knew, and I'm telling you, Glenn, if he had simply yes, told us that day. I know. Come clean that day. Millions of people would be alive today because we would have had a completely different strategy. Oh, and by the way, the boss would be sitting in the White House for a second term. Uh, I have so to that guy. That guy is evil. Go ahead, Peter. I have to tell you, uh, you're going to love the special I'm doing in two weeks on this because we have all the goods uh, on him on this particular topic, uh, and it goes yeah. a, it goes a lot deeper. And uh, I said to my staff when we first were going through all the evidence, I said. If America would have forgiven him, if he would have just come clean and said, okay, guys, this is what happened, yada, yada. But he chose to stay silent. And Peter, you might know the answer to this question. I haven't found it yet. How much did he did he tell any of the um, engineers, the bioengineers that were working on the vaccine? Did he hold any information back because it would have incriminated him? Did he hold anything back? Did, yeah. What did he tell yeah, people? He, 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 it was worse than that. He told us nothing, nothing. But more importantly, Glenn, more importantly, he organized an elaborate cover-up through this uh, cutout named Peter Daszak, who I'm sure you'll feature in the special. Daszak oh, is yeah. important because he's a guy. 
at this organization called the Eco Health Alliance, yep. right? So yep. he was a conduit for money that would go to him as grants and then would go over to the Wuhan lab and wash through this uh, bat lady, Xi Zhongli. Now, what Fauci did following that notification from that script scientist on the 28th was he used that scientist and Daszak and others to basically write letters in support of just the opposite, that this thing came from nature. Yeah. It was a flat-out cover-up lie. So when you... That's why I say, Glenn, I could have saved millions of lives if if he had simply come clean okay, that so day. This guy is a sociopath and a narcissist. And by the way, in the In Trump Time book, that's not the only thing I fought him on. I fought him on hydroxychloroquine as a therapeutic. That stuff works. He tried, you know, the vaccine, uh, delay the vaccine until after the election so Trump couldn't couldn't uh, take a win. And there's even more than that. This man, I'm so glad you're doing a special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I I tell you, one of our one of our one of our producers will probably be be in touch um, with you about this. We should probably include you in this. If Fauci is such a bad guy, which I I believe I've seen the documents that we will be showing on the air soon. You were there. If he was so bad, why didn't Trump fire him? Uh, well, I don't know if you've seen the cover. Have you seen the cover of the book? It's it, it's like me sitting, uh, standing, across the boss you know, from the Oval Office, pointing at him in kind of a very serious conversation. And it may or may not be me telling him to fire Fauci, <laughs> because I told him twice early on, to, as 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 Churchill once said to Hitler, "Strangle that baby in the crib, fire him, get him the get get him the hell out of the White House." I don't blame the boss for not taking my advice. I, you know, I'm like the economics and trade guy. What the hell do I know? It's like, like Azar saying keep Fauci, uh, Redfield saying it, Stephen Hahn at the FDA saying it, you know, all the healthcare bureaucracy saying, oh, this guy walks on water. But more importantly, a uh, little breaking news here, it's like it was also Mulvaney, the chief of staff, and the press team who were afraid that somehow if you fired him, it would have too much blowback. And that was such, mm. I mean, that's, that's like, it's all like a one day story. If you'd gotten rid of him, yeah. just get him now. Just go, you know, like you're, you're not part of this. Well, sit over at the NIH, do not go on TV, shut your pie hole. Yeah. I will that's tell you, it would have been, up. it would have been bad blowback, but it, it, uh, it would be understood now. Um, and, uh, because now when this, when this all really comes out, uh, it is people are going to know what really happened and how villainous uh, Fauci really is. More with Peter Navarro here in just a second. Oh, my gosh. It's Halloween. You can't take it, can you, Stu? You just can't take it. Uh, uh, we're back with Peter Navarro in a second. You knew. You knew. You'd probably gotten the wrong real estate agent when you saw all the balloons in the front of the house. There must have been a million of them on the lawn in the doorway. Some of them even coming out the windows. This, this was the real estate agent's idea of getting prospective home buyers interested in your house. But as you started to walk towards your front door, all of a sudden you felt something cold, something strange. Where was that real estate agent, by the way? Then, from somewhere inside the house, you could hear him calling your name. Come in. Come in. 
come in and float with us. We all float in here. <laughs> okay, let's say, I mean, I doubt you're going to hire Pennywise, uh, you know, a homicidal clown from another dimension to be your real estate agent, but it could happen. That's why you need realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the best real estate agent for your situation. It's a free service to you from my company, realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Peter Navarro, uh, his uh, book is in Trump time, a journal of America's plague year. So, Peter, you know, we all knew when uh, this thing started to drag on. I mean, uh, you know, 15 days to to slow the curve. Yeah. You know, okay, fine. Even 30 days, maybe. Uh, But once you started getting into three, four months and now, you knew that you had to have known the supply chain is not you can't start it again. How much trouble are we in at this point? Uh, we're in the worst trouble I've ever seen as a macroeconomist. And just so your listeners understand, it's like before I joined with, with President Trump as his economic advisor, what I did was macroeconomic forecasting. I predicted the, the stock market collapse in 2007, the housing bubble collapse in 2006. Uh, and by the way, Dow 25,000 the day after Trump got elected when the futures were heading dead red down. I'm not half bad at forecasting. Um, this is a very serious matter. And in, in the In Trump Time book, I describe how in May of 2020, think about this, in May of 2020, I wrote a memo to the chief of staff uh, talking about how um, the supply chains uh, were going to be threatened by this and we could face a stagflationary scenario, which is mm-hmm. something which we hadn't suffered since the 1970s. It's a combination uh, of slow growth, recession, and inflation. Usually you don't right. get those two at the same time right um here here's the thing there's a it's a, a lot of complex things going on but but one what the tipping point for this crisis um is is the biden universal vaccination policy and, yes. and regardless of whether you think that's a good thing from a healthcare point of view which i don't and i'm one of the guys who helped kind of get the vaccine started i'm not anti-vax it, the, the vax is for people who need it you know seniors people with the comorbidities you don't have fauci going in and jab six-year-olds okay but but put that aside you know from purely economic point of view let's think about this if you are basically forcing people to lose their jobs uh if, if because they don't want to get vaccinated many of them because they already had the virus and have antibodies you're going to lose longshoremen you're going to lose truckers and then on top of that you're going to lose your your police your fire your seals your soldiers um just all sorts of people across the labor market in a in a in a labor market which is already severely constrained so if you just take the trucking thing for example with the 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 vax policy plus biden's uh, demolition of the trump policy of strategic energy dominance you know where we now have you know where pennsylvania is like the saudi arabia natural gas and natural gas prices are going through the roof gasoline prices are going up even higher i mean why would a trucker get in the truck 
knowing that by the end of the journey, they might get, get hassled because of their VAC status and won't make a dime because fuel prices outpaced uh, yep. the rates that are set for freight. Okay, so these are very complex things. And, and now on top of that, because people are, are rightly concerned about shortages, uh, there's hoarding going on. So, I mean, it's going to be a lean Thanksgiving. It's going to be a lean Christmas. Um, you know, we, this week we had uh, really low GDP numbers, which point to the stag part of the equation. And we're already like flying. So um, buy American, hire American. That's where it's got to start. And that was my mission at the White House with the president. Peter Navarro, uh, I have so much so much more to talk to you about. I'd love to have you back on uh, radio in the, in, in the next couple of weeks. Talk more about your book, but also uh, what's happening in China and the trade with China and their economy um, and what's happening there. Well, well let's do it. Uh, let's do it just before your uh, your Fauci thing comes out. And, uh, okay, we good. Talk about that. The book's coming out on Tuesday. Please, if you can, get it on Amazon now. Get that up there in the ranking. So. You know how it is, Glenn. We yep. have to compete against the corporate media and they I try know. to suppress our sales. It's you know In Trump Time. In Trump Time is the name of the book. In Trump Time, Peter Navarro. Back in just a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I know what you're thinking. Old Glenn's going to beat that same Halloween horse to death with the Car Shield commercial. Oh, he's going to talk about how you're trying to drive away from the axe-wielding maniac and the hook of his hand on your car door. Your car won't start because you didn't, got, you didn't get Car Shield, blah, blah, blah. But no. First of all, we established that the axe-wielding maniac is a cyber criminal now. We did that in hour one. Second, I'm talking about something much, much worse. Without Car Shield, you're going to pay thousands for your car repair. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> for a covered repair, Car Shield can't be beaten. From the time your car breaks down until the time you get it back, Car Shield takes care of every step along the way. Roadside assistance, rental car, mechanic of your choice, and the best part, they pay everything directly. You don't have to do anything. Car Shield is a win win. Get back on track when you're in a pinch, not on the hook to pay thousands. Get coverage today. Carshield.com slash Beck. Save 10%. Carshield.com slash Beck. And don't forget to subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off. Dave Rubin is coming up. isn't it it is a spooky spooky weekend it's halloween weekend yes and so i thought we would get dave rubin on dave rubin gay man gay journalist yeah as phil henry used to say uh dave is the author of don't burn this country uh which is a, a new book that is uh coming out april 22nd so hurry to your bookstore uh dave rubin how are you sir 
Glenn, was that your Transylvanian accent or just straight up Russian? It, it was, was really right on the edge of both. Yeah, well, I started out uh, with uh, Transylvanian and then went to full fledged Russian, yes. Uh, yes. I thought you were going to offer me borscht. <laughs> so okay. so uh, I heard a story about you today, and this is so telling. So telling oh, Lord. Um, yeah. uh, about how journalism is done and how these activists are running everything now. Tell the tell the audience the story of an interview that you just did. Yeah, so it's such a perfect example, as you said, of everything going wrong with society right now. So, uh, look, I happen to be gay. I think it's probably whoa, whoa, the least whoa, interesting. Well, wait a minute. Nobody told me that. <laughs> I don't want to freak you out. Glenn. We work to together out. and you're gay. My eyes know, are up here, says, Dave. My eyes are up here. I, I thought you were supposed to be this big homophobe. <laughs> it turns out you're not. It's all very weird. Wow. Um, so... <laughs> But yes, I, I happen to be gay. It's, it's not, I don't think it's a big deal. I, I really never thought it was a big deal. Um, it's a piece of me. That's it. It, it. You know, okay, there we yeah. go. Now, there are, there are a bunch of gay magazines, you know, Out Magazine, Advocate, things like this. And, and over the years, I've been asked every now and again to do some sort of gay press. And I just, you know, I don't really think that separate but equal is a good thing. I don't think gay people need their own magazines, believe it or not. I don't think they need their own radio stations. I believe black people and white people can share the airwaves. Whoa. You You are a madman. You're a madman. I know. I know. True man of equality over here. Uh, but in any event, finally, uh, a writer had been reaching out to me for a couple months at, at a magazine. It's a well-known, it's, it's one of the big three. So there's Out Magazine, Advocate, and Instinct Magazine. These are the sort of three gay magazines. And a guy had been reaching out to me for a couple months telling me that he's a, he's a gay conservative. He's really the only one there. And, you know, he's, he's seen the way the media treats me relative to sexuality and he's been trying to figure out a way to maybe get a piece written about me and and over a couple months i gained a little trust with the guy i said finally i said you know what i'll do the piece it's not really the direction i want to go but i also know and glenn you know this people like to see another side of us a little more personal sometimes instead of instead of just talking politics so i said okay i'll do it so i spent about an hour with him on zoom a couple weeks ago it, you know, we had nothing was off limits. I opened up about a lot of personal stuff that I that I don't discuss that often publicly, if ever. And and he wrote me back immediately after he said, this is this is the best chat that I've ever done with someone. He's worked there for about 10 years as a, as a staff writer. Long story short, the, the piece was to be published, uh, I believe, yesterday or the day before. And he was told by the publisher of the magazine that they were not going to do it because my opinions were too controversial and that the mob would come destroy them. Now, he did also make a point of saying that the publisher himself said that he didn't have a problem, but oh. it was that his own audience. Oh. Now, we can, we can debate that, but I, yeah, yeah, see, I can see why that part oh, yeah. said, yeah. That he was, he's basically, the publisher is now being held hostage by his mm. own audience. And I assure you, Glenn, I, I think you guys are going to publish the piece on the blaze a little bit later. Yeah. Well, you know, I think talking, we are, I'm talking about the golden girls. I'm talking about, you know, a, you know, there's some personal stuff in there, but there's nothing <laughs> other than I'm not. Wait, I got to tell you, I, I have to tell you, 
I, I didn't know about the part of the Golden Girls in the article. I don't know if the Blaze can run it. Uh, the audience might <laughs> might turn against you, you know. Uh, Come on, Glenn. Come on. I know you love <laughs> B. Arthur. Come on. I actually do. B. Arthur is my Aunt Joanne. I mean, exactly. That is my Aunt Joanne. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, I just have to say it, you know, because Big Gay came after you, I guess. Big Gay magazine big gay came after you you. um you know it is uh it's not surprising but it's really it's really sad um because so many organizations and so many i mean and this happens on the right as well but it is in spades uh on the left people are afraid of their own audience they're afraid all yep. they, they worship money what's that saying to you is i won't print the truth because money is more important to me that's that's terrifying that's terrifying oh it, it, it's totally terrifying and also it shows you how weak this ideology is you know if you believe in ideology over truth then you'll pretty much do anything of course at you will. any time. So, so here you have a publisher who I don't, I actually don't mean to disparage this guy. He's got a business and he doesn't want this out of control mob to destroy him. Now, now maybe he's in the wrong business and maybe he's not the greatest, most brave person on the planet, but I don't think the story is really about him. It's that we've allowed this, this terrible ideology to destroy almost everything. And in this case, you know, Imagine, imagine if there was a black magazine or let's say Ebony or something. I'm not sure if it still exists. And they would only publish black progressives. Now, I suspect that's probably pretty much. I was going to say, I don't, have, I don't think we have to imagine that, Dave. <laughs> exactly. So then that tells you the point, right? Ebony is not writing a piece, a glowing piece about our good friend Larry Elder. Ebony is no. not going to write a wonderful uh, expose on the life of Thomas Sowell. Uh, but this is the problem, because if you are walking around, I mean, think Really think about it. Anyone listening to this, really think about it. If you are walking around and thinking that your skin color is your defining characteristic, your sexuality, everyone knows this, your gender, whatever it might be. If you think that is the thing that says, oh, now I have that, so I must believe a certain set of things because of that, you're, you're not a free human being. You're, no. you're actually a slave. And I'll, I'll just tell you one other thing on this quick, which is that Peter Thiel, who, of course, is the PayPal co-founder and, and billionaire you know, founder of Palantir and a million other companies, he happens to be gay. We're good friends. Oh, my and gosh. Would stop outing these I people. I, what? <laughs> Peter Thiel is gay? I know. I'm on a rampage. <laughs> I had two cups of coffee. I'm <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, my world's upside down. A couple, couple years ago, advocate, it was either advocate or out, one of the two, wrote a piece that Peter Thiel is not gay, that Peter Thiel, uh, although he has, he's married to a man and, and you know, is, is with a man, that because of his conservative libertarian ideology, he's not actually what gay is. So do you see what they've done here? Yeah. They've actually created a situation where they've separated human beings based on ideology having nothing to do with who they truly well, are the people who run around telling you that who you are is the most important thing i will tell you this is what stalin did this is what hitler did this is what every dictator yeah. does they make everything about politics you you yep. can't you can't uh play basketball unless you fall in line everything is about politics and i think it's grating on the american people i i finally think that they've oh, become so arrogant that they don't care i mean they they have said 
exactly who they are, what they're doing. People are seeing it now. You don't just have boobs like me saying it's coming. They're seeing it now. And I really think that uh, it's a race to the finish line here. I don't know which one's going to win because they're way ahead. But I will tell you, I don't. I think there is a good portion of this country now that includes many Democrats and independents that will not play ball with this. They just won't. Well, I think I think you're right. And, you know, the proof of that is just in some of the polls we're seeing out of Virginia the last couple of days, because Youngkin now has something like an eight point lead because McAuliffe has brought out Biden to tell everybody that Youngkin's racist. And they're, you know, doing all the nonsense with critical race theory in the classes and and eric swalwell who's you know in bed with the chinese spy that we all know about democrat he he's tweeting out that youngkin there's a specific word that youngkin would like to use about black people that he's just not saying i mean this thing has run its course so the the positive part and i know you interviewed uh my friend michael malice a couple days ago yeah you know michael malice often talks about this now he's an anarchist but his point is that they're throwing everything they have at us right now. And think about who our sort of ideological opponents are. They're Joe Biden, who obviously is cognitively not there. It's Nancy Pelosi, who's sort of not right either. It's AOC, who's just ridiculous. It's actually not the best of the best. Now, they seem like they have incredible power, right, because of big tech and media and everything else. It seems like they're controlling everything. But this is sort of the best they got. And and I like... You know, I don't like to play the side thing, but it's like, I like what our side has. We have the right ideas and we have better people and they yeah. pushed us far enough when they're telling you <laughs> that we're going to take your children to school. You have no right to say what they are going to be educated about. And we're going to be, we're going to inject them with something as young as five years old, even though on the, I'm sure you saw it yeah. on the FDA board one, out of the 17 people, they voted 17 to do it for five to 11 year olds. And one of the doctors said we won't know what happens until we inject the kids. I yeah. mean, if, if, if you it's won't defend your children in the face of this, then what, what are you? Yeah, I will, I will tell you. I think they have uh, gone too far, uh, and uh, I think people are, are standing up, and it is a really, really good thing uh, for yep. America. But they are way ahead, and we have to stand together. Proud to stand with you, uh, Dave. Uh, really, I, I really appreciate our friendship uh, and uh, love working Likewise, with you. Fine. Thank you, man. Same here. All Same the here. best. Good, Bye-bye. Good talking to you. That uh, story is going to be up at uh, theblaze.com if it's not already. Somewhere out there in the dreaded deep of dark mailroom anywhere in America, lost in the heap of... I'm this. I don't feel this music. I, I need something better than that. I don't, I'm just not feeling Scary. it. I'm a method actor. Okay. Somewhere out there in the dreaded deep of a dark mailroom in anywhere America. Lost in the heap of every career mailman's long-term winding sheet of doom. There is an envelope waiting for arrival at a particular house. The postage prepaid, neatly printed across the front by mindless droning arm of some twisted robot. Oh, it looks serene. Yet, inside this envelope is a number printed on a piece of paper that is likely to induce a heart attack in the person whom it is attempted. This is really not working. It's a phone bill. 
okay this can we yeah uh, i don't think that one worked uh <laughs> we're going out on that one gosh well let me just say this it's halloween and uh Verizon hit the music again and verizon is sending money to kill babies Unfortunately, that part is true. So change to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. As Dave and I were just saying a minute ago, we all have to stand together. We have to support each other. 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. They always have special discounts for veterans and first responders and multi-line accounts. Support a company that supports your values and is working with you. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Same great coverage. Half the cost. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, well, it's been a great week. Uh, in case you missed this, CBS is reporting that the State Department on Wednesday uh, issued its first passport with an ex-gender designation. So finally, this person, this is the perfect person to go in to uh, Afghanistan because he can go in and hang with the women and find out uh, as a she and then he can also go outside and do all of his shopping or work or whatever he needs to do mm. as a guy. I think the Taliban will honor his gender I designation. I think so. I think so. I think so. It's going to work well in a lot of yeah. countries around the world. So it's uh, his name is, uh, or its name is Zim, Z-Z-Y-Y-M, Zim. That's his, his birth name, correct? Oh, of course it is. Okay, good. Of course it is. I just wanted to make sure he wasn't changing his name to meet his identity. Or her identity. How or her. It. Darn it. It's identity. I really tried It's on identity. My <laughs> gosh. It's fascinating to listen to Dave Rubin talk about his experience with the one of the big three gay magazines and how they would not uh, put his profile in because it was flattering. And he, I guess, associates with too many conservatives. And you really realize that identity politics is not about identity. No. It really isn't. It's about politics. They, like, it's not out magazine or whatever magazine this was. I don't know which one it was. But whatever magazine this is is not trying to promote gay people. It's just trying to promote left-wing people and using the gay identity to As do the so. wedge. Right. Well, we, we've known that with Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about making sure that we have, you know, balance of color and diversity. Okay, Clarence Thomas. But you don't like his politics. You don't like the way he thinks. You don't like the way he thinks. And you're saying that, no, it's all about being black. Well, wait, what? It's not all about being black or being gay. You can think differently. Black people, gay people, white people don't all think alike. And their idea is if you are gay, you can't think this way. And if you think this way, you are not gay. You know, I remember years and years ago, uh, the PETA, the animal Mm -hmm. rights organization, Mm -hmm. uh, did a big thing about about al gore and why is an al gore a vegan considering you know un says that you know eating meat products is one mm-hmm. of the worst things you can do for the climate mm-hmm. why isn't he a vegan and they called him out and i thought to myself like that like that's an actual at least in that moment an advocacy group that is advocating 
for whatever thing they believe. They're consistent. But they're, they will attack Republicans right. or Democrats, and they don't care. And that's and that's why there is no credibility anywhere anymore. Yeah. Because if you really believe that the, that the COVID virus is the most dangerous thing in the world, and you believe everyone has to be vaccinated for it, well, then uh, you vaccinate the people who are coming over the border before you release right. them right. 400,000 people strong into our cities. But you don't. And it's that kind of stuff. People like people who are authentic, even if you disagree with them. I'd much rather talk to somebody I disagree with who actually believes it and is consistent. This is the Glenn Beck Program.